Something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. We can't go to camp without our physicals now, can we? La plume de matante. Ah! I take great relish in savoring each separate horror. I roll them over on my tongue. Don't, Lord Byron. Don't remind me of it tonight. Sometimes I have wondered whether life wouldn't be much more amusing if we were all devils. But you are, Blanche. You are in that chess. Christmas is technically our better. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. We we record once. We we'll 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 The first one January, was released was Christmas Day. It was no, it wasn't. It was released. It was Christmas Day. It was. It was. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. me and Ben went to San Francisco the next day, and it was up on the yeah. I remember. We released a Christmas one. Yeah, because yeah. when was uh, in fact we saw in didn't we? And um, Blood Mac. Well, we saw Blood Mac Lace, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Full cinema. And it was freezing. Yeah, because that was Christmas, wasn't it? That was yeah. around Christmas. It was. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a year. So, listeners, you've just come in on us realising. Stephen's just reminded us that it, Christmas Day is actually our, our first birthday. Our first ever podcast went out on Christmas Day, so we've been online a year. Stunned. Martin's got a look on his face like pure shock. Where's the year gone? Mm. The old fading to one when you get to your age. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 362. <laughs> Remember Doors of the Darkness. <laughs> Watch out for glamorous ladies in Batwing Coats. Yeah, <laughs> the Countess has arrived at Batwing Coats in you. So, uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Queer. This is uh, you're with Screaming Queens, the queer horror podcast. It's our Christmas special. Uh, and my name's Jonathan Larkin. My name's Mark Infinity. Uh, I'm Jonathan Butler. Stephen Moore. So Christmas is a time for sharing and caring and stabbing. Slaying. Slaying. Slay bitch. We all love a Christmas horror movie. Actually, if you go back and listen to our anthology horror episodes we talk a little bit about a Christmas film there as well the Joan Collins the Tales from the Crypt Tales, Tales from the Crypt find that on YouTube if possible because it's brilliant it's called cool. I think it's called All Through the House mm. and it's Joan Collins on Christmas Eve being stalked by a maniacal Santa Claus which is really creepy and camp at the same time so what we thought we'd do is 
pick out some of our favourite Christmas horrors and have a little Christmas talk. So we've all got our mince pies and our sherry. We're all writing our letters to Santa at the moment. Have we all been good boys? I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> been a very bad boy. <laughs> I'm always good. Jonathan's the good one. <laughs> have you been a good boy or a bad boy? Well, um, which list are you on? I'm naughty and nice. Uh, <laughs> I was getting a lump of coal for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually have had bad characters and ashes at Christmas. For real? Mm. Have you had one Christmas yet? Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> when? When? I actually got it when I was 21 for Christmas. It was a bit of a family thing. Right. It was sort of a joke, but sort of not. It was sort of a passive-aggressive way of saying, we know, where you, we know what you've been doing in a big gay way. Oh you've been very God. naughty. Really? Yeah. You're like a little boy in deep red. <laughs> Traumatised by Christmas. <laughs> Screaming with his little curly blonde hair. At least it's not the doll that runs across the room. That's very true. That's very true. So we thought we'd go with three. Th- we'll pick three. There's quite a lot of Christmas horror out there, actually, when you think Surprisingly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise. There's something about Christmas that... I think it's because it's so happy that everyone just wants to see everyone die as well, because it's a big... There's also, though, I've always thought there's something really creepy about Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who comes into your house. Oh, yeah. Unloads a sack all over your living room floor. <laughs> Steals your food. Yeah. <laughs> Steals your <laughs> 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 old bastard. <laughs> but I remember, actually, when I was a kid, I woke up, well, this is the true story, I woke up in the middle of the night, Christmas Eve, about three or four in the morning, and um, I saw the shadow of like an old man double doubled over walking past my bedroom, and it was not one of my parents. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying. Yeah, Thank you. yeah, but it was one of those situations. It's like a Nosferatu moment. It was so kind of upstairs. It was like it was kind of like because um, it was like I woke up thinking, oh my god, is it him? Because I was like at seven or eight. Wow. But what I saw was scary. But it was also one of those very real situations. I don't know if you've ever had a real situation where you like you think you've seen a ghost when you're in bed, but you do just go back to sleep. <laughs> and I did, and I did. But I've always remembered seeing that shadow on the wall. On That's proper terrifying. Creepy Christmas Eve, yeah. So it is the darkest time of the year, though, isn't it? And it is that time where it is a time for sort of sitting in at home, feeling cosy, yeah. trying to feel safe and having... Reading ghost stories, being told tell ghost stories, yeah. or crackling fire, crackling fire, mm. and all that. Yeah, you can actually see your breath and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it's got a creepy edge to it. Definitely, Charles Dickens really got it right, didn't he? With mm. Christmas Carol, mm. it's that really creepy feel. Um, and I, I love an M.R. James story set around Christmas as well. Yeah, but we're actually going with the slasher route really first. Mm. So we are the first up on our list, our naughty list for Christmas is. <laughs> The Bob Clark classic from 1974, Black Christmas. And regular listeners, um, when you if you haven't seen Black Christmas, then the first thing you hear on our podcast is actually from Black Christmas. It's Olivia Hussey answering the phone in a very dramatic way. So the premise of Black Christmas is a sorority house in Canada. I mean, it's a Canadian movie. I don't actually yeah. know where yeah. the film's set. Does it, does it's it in set? Toronto. Does oh, it's same? filmed well, it's filmed in Toronto. Isn't yeah. It? Mm. Yeah, did he, I'm they not sure. It's sort of generic, generic American mm. type thing, isn't it? But it's a sorority house, and it is the sorority house is being stalked. It's the sorority sisters in this house are being stalked by a guy who is calling up, calling them up 
putting on all these creepy voices using very explicit language at the time. Um, <laughs> so <surprise>. shocking. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I'm going to lick your piggy cunt. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to... Stop it, oh, Back to the film. <laughs> um, I'm taken. <laughs> and um, so these girls are being stalked by someone on over the phone who creeps in through the house and basically starts to murder them one by one and puts stuffs people up in the attic. And throughout this, there's a there's sort of a murder mystery going on in the sort of local area. A, a young girl's body is found, and people are wondering who who did that. Um, the girl who's murdered, Claire, who's murdered at the beginning. Her father comes to find her, and it's all sort of they're trying to piece together where she is. But we know the whole time that she's actually stuck in a rocking chair, suffocated to death with a cat in her face. <laughs> and our heroine Jess, played by Olivia Hussey, is pregnant and goes out with Peter who's a very volatile music student mm. and when he finds out that she's thinking of having an abortion he sort of goes apeshit so we're led to believe maybe he could be the killer the whole it's time it's implied all the way through isn't it yeah, yeah it could be him and the sort of mystery sort of goes from there so we've all got very different experiences of this film because I mean I love it I, I've, I've loved it for years. I can't remember when the first time I saw it, but it was, it was within the last decade. It wasn't like when I was... Actually, no, I did see it when I was a kid. There used to be a thing on Sky One called... Oh, it was like a... There was a thing on Sky One called The Deadly Ernest Horror Show. Has anyone ever seen it? No. Is that like Ernest Goes to Camp and that, mm. that Ernest... No, no. <laughs> Ernest Christmas? No, it was like a vampire. I wonder if anyone, ever, if anyone remembers this. Let me know. There was a vampire. It was like an old man who was dressed like Grandpa Munster. Mm. He was a vampire and he had like a busty co-host who was like a Vicky Michelle crossing group pit. Um, and they they hosted this show, but they showed horror movies. So like the horror movie would get like 20 minutes in and then before the ad break, it would go back to Ernest and his hostess mm. like talking about how scary the film is. That was the way oh. they'd show these movies. That's weird. But this was one of them, and I saw a bit of it back then, but I think I was too scared. But anyway, so yeah, I rediscovered it in the last decade, and um, I've been a big fan of it ever since. I love it. I think it's a brilliant film. You introduced me to this film. Did I? I'd never, I'd never seen it before. Um, and I think, I think I watched it with you here, in, well, some well, one of the places where you've lived, or if not, sort of fact with you. Um, That's right, they did show it there. And I really, really love it. It's, it's, it's very much of its time, but actually, it's a great film because it is, it is all those elements of, um, mystery film call. You don't know you, you don't know who they are. Man in the attic. Um, it, it's a brilliant film, and it has sort of camera work that really that works for me because you never actually see, um, the killer, which is why there's that mystery for everybody, um. And they quite often use that camera, the camera work where it's like the killer eye view. Yeah. And that's always got me. It's something about that that's, I know it's probably, it seems really, really tacky, but it's something, it hits something very primeval in me because I'm terrified of that from being a kid. Yeah. I remember it being used a lot in the 1970s on television. It always terrified me. Yeah. It still terrifies me just a camera being the eye and hearing breath and it move, you know, moving through a landscape. Heavy breathing gets me so mm. yeah. in these films. That's that's what creeps me out. But it's a it's it's a really interesting film. There's lots of um, 
there's lots of interesting stuff around this film, I think, as well. Not just mm. um, not just the story itself and the acting and some of the humorous bits and mm. there's the, a lot around it. The story of the making of the film, yeah. quite, there's like lots of interest. In wasn't the, John Carpenter was supposedly around the set, wasn't he, getting ideas for Halloween? For Halloween, yeah, yeah. which you can see. Yeah, because it's what was it three years before Halloween? Seventy what was Halloween seventy seven was it? No, Halloween was 78. 78, so four, four, years. four years before. Supposedly Halloween was inspired by Bob Clark being asked what a sequel to Black Christmas yeah. would look like. That is quite interesting. And I think you you do get that sense of it, don't you, in terms of you know, vulnerable vulnerable young women and mm. um, you know, a faceless killer and, and, and all of that. Yeah. You could almost imagine Michael Myers and Billy being the same mm-hmm. person in some ways. Yeah, yeah, Billy's got a lot more to say for himself. Though, he has got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, one of the more, one of the most chiller moments in the film is it's it's actually quite close to the beginning. So when they're getting the calls and they're all sort of laughing about it and stuff, mm-hmm. and he's saying, you know, piggy, pink cunt, and I'm gonna lick your cunt, I'm lick you, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And then he just goes silent and says, "I'm gonna kill you." Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that creepy. That is creepy. She said, oh, I get two of these a day. I get two of these a day in New York. This is nothing. Yeah, yeah. I love those bits. They terrify me, and I, and I absolutely love them as well, because they always remind me of Serial Mom, the John Waters <laughs> oh, yeah. film. And then, um, <laughs> <laughs> and Kathleen Turner. Pussy well. Pussy well. And I just want her, I want her to be on the end of the phone sometime <laughs> in that film go pussy will I? <laughs> Can I just say somebody somebody one of our listeners said that um on the when was it? On the Tenebrae um podcast because I had a hangover and a husky voice, I sounded like Kathleen Turner. <laughs> that's a, that's what wonderful quite, feet. That's quite the compliment. <laughs> go find a wall socket and stick your tongue in it. That'll give you a charge. I'll stick my tongue up your pretty pussy. You fucking creep. I'm going to kill you. So, you didn't like it, Stephen, did you? No, everything controversial on. No, no, that's, you know. It, there's lots of bits of it that I, I appreciate and I understand what it is. And I, get, I hunted it down about three years ago, I think. I completely forgot that it's sort of. <laughs> but I remember hunting it down to watch it. I'm thinking, I knew what it's kind of precedence was as one of the original slashes, kind of a lot of the setup of what it, how many people copied it afterwards. Mm. So I wanted to see what it was like. And then I think it does, it has this great opening kind of vibe with the phone calls and everything in the Sisterity Girls setting. All of that is great. And I'm like, there, I'm in it. And then I just get bored. I get so bored. I, f- I can't tell the difference between any of the girls and I don't care about any of them. Okay. As I can go, I can, I can understand like the, the fact that I think it's quite slow. Well, mm. I think the girls are really good. I think I think it's all really different. Don't, don't see the main one. 
yeah. Jess. Yeah. yeah. She's kind of more interesting than the others, but then the other one's just kind of fading to background and then you even, even, even Barb, the drunken <laughs> the drunken wash. Um the one the mum of the other house. No, no, no. 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 Which one's the Mark Hill Kidder? See, I can't even remember them. Okay. He went on to be in Superman. Amtville House. Jenny Schachter's mum in the other house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no idea. Okay. Well so there's you've got Jess, who's Olivia Hussey. Yeah. You've got Bob. So Bob is the one who takes the phone. who's like, give me that phone. Take yeah. the phone off the machine. Yeah. Listen, you creep. Go and stick your tongue in a socket. That'll give you a charge. That, that's the... See, I remember the, the, and, the um, things happening, but I can't remember who's You've got Phyllis, the nerdy one with the pearly. The nerdy one with the pearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, played by Andrea Martin. I always remember her name because of the <laughs> best mate called Andrea, best mate called Martin. Um, and then you've got one, the dull one, Claire, who gets killed at the beginning. Yeah. But I, I always thought the characters were quite well drawn, actually. Yeah. Because I think I one of the highlights of the film for me is the script. I think it's I think it's quite it's dead witty. Everyone's everyone in it's really mm. funny. I just, can't, I just they just didn't like stand out to me. You no know, one was really that particularly interesting. I like the only person I did like was the woman who looked after them all. Mrs. Mack. Mrs. Mack. <laughs> and Mrs. the way she had the alcohol hidden <laughs> all around the house. Yeah. It was just that was brilliant. I, I wanted to see more of her. Yeah. I wanted her to be my star of oh. everything. So she so you know the trivia about her? Which I didn't know. It was offered to Bette Davis. It was going to be Betty Davis who plays her. And I th- I'm glad. I'm glad the woman who plays Miss Matt plays Miss Matt because yeah. she's brilliant. She's great in her own right. Yeah. Um, I don't think we lose anything by that actress playing her because she does a brilliant job. But it would be would have been really interesting to see Betty Davis <laughs> do it amazing. in 1974. Yeah. She'd have been. Is that like around which mountain time? It is. It's just before. So she'd have been in her sixties. Um, so it's Marion Wall who plays who plays Mrs. Matt. Cigarette adult. Yeah. Voice. She was amazing. Um, yeah. She'd have drawn on Baby Jane. Yeah. That drunken character. Yeah. Again, it could it would have been such it would have been such a rich performance, but actually you don't lose anything with um we don't lose anything with uh Marion Marion Baldwin. Tall. She's fantastic. She's fab. She's she's great. The bit where she calls the cat a prick. <laughs> <laughs> the little prick. Claude. Claude. Yeah, kitty, 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 kitty. Come on, Claude. I gotta go. Here, kitty. Oh, God damn it, Claude, you little prick. I like when she's hiding in the poster in the room. Yeah. In the room. She's yeah. like dramatically posing herself in yeah. the most obvious fashion. <laughs> I like the bit where, where she's stuff. talking about the girls, the way she thinks of the girls who she's meant to look after. Good. And at one point she says, uh, she says these broads with Humpdaline and Tower of Pisa if they could get up there. Yeah. <laughs> and when they buy her, like they buy the dress for Christmas and she says, Jesus, I wouldn't wear this to have my liver out. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't send my daughter here to be drinking and picking up boys. Oh, shit. Just to be responsible for the morals of every girl in this goddamn house. These broads have the leaning tower of peace if they can get up there. I do my best. I don't know what the bastards expect of me. Christ's sake. <laughs> I, think she's, I think she's great. The girls have completely misread her character. It's yeah. funny. And in some ways, that's quite real that like, young university girls would 
love her, but completely not really get her and understand from nowhere. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, you think, you live in a house with her, how can you not know that this yeah. woman's just like a complete drunk <laughs> and really irreverent and is swearing all the time? I actually hate you all. I actually hate you all. <laughs> <laughs> but so what do you think, John? I really like it. It's a great film. It is. It's a, I, I struggle to think of anything that I call a slasher that was out before it, really. Um, Bay of Blood, Bay of Blood, maybe, but that kind of that's got a transition between Jalo and Slasher, so yeah. I don't really know. And some people say Psycho and Peep and Tom, but would you say it's a Slasher? It's got Slasher elements, is I think it's got enough there that it can be classified as a slasher, but then it's missing a lot of the elements that also went into later slasher. So I think it's. Hmm. I think hmm. probably the the, Free, but the slasher that yeah. everyone knows and loves probably does start with this film, right? Really, yeah, it? yeah. I just, I the modern like, concept of yeah, what yeah. slasher is. Yeah, which is weird because now if you saw like a you know a holiday, you know, a Christmas horror film, we'd be like, oh, that's like a. You know, like a cheap throwaway, or, yeah. Uh, but and then it, this isn't yeah. so influential. It's, it's, it's I think that's one thing that's kind of lost on me is because obviously it started everything, but then because it did start anything, and I've seen this done so many times now, it was like when I was watching it, I knew every beat and I knew everything that was going to happen, and it didn't feel like it was even like it was good, it was well done. You'd seen it all before. I'd seen it all before, and I'd actually seen it done better. And mm. like Halloween does it better. Yeah. So I was like, I wanted more from it than mm. what it gave me. I think that's interesting looking back at it because I I feel like it's got all of the slasher elements, but what happened later on with Halloween and then Friday the Thirteenth after Halloween was they 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 invented the slasher. They they sort of put all the pieces in the right places to become mm. the slasher blueprint. Whereas this is sort of an interesting prototype because mm. the, a lot of the things it does, you know, you, the, the killer eye view, the girls being picked off one by one, the murder mystery elements of it, that's all there. John but, Saxon. John Saxon is yeah. there. <laughs> um, but what it hasn't got, that the slasher movies have got, is the pace. I think the slasher movie sort of keeps the pace going. Mm. It, doesn't really, it doesn't really bother itself that much with, with no. comedy interludes. Yeah. Um, and sla- most slashes, for better or worse, they sort of they, they kind of drive towards a happy ending in a way. Yeah. They, they have, the killer always comes back for a big scare. Yeah. But most of them end with the heroin coming out on top. Whereas this, that doesn't happen. I think there are definitely some comedic moments. Like when Mrs. Mapdreck gets dragged up through the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it works, the as, into I think the, it works as a into comedy the, as much as a horror. Yeah, movie. into the attic and. You know, and, and whenever you hear Billy, sometimes that's actually sometimes it's just so outrageous that it's funny, and you yeah. can you can have it both at the same time. It's t- it's scary and it's terrifying because it's so obviously deranged, but it's actually hilarious yeah, as like well. Jess's jumper with the weird hands on it. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah. And then the, the um, what does he call it? It's the Morbid Tabernacle Choir's and annual obscene phone call. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And when she's yeah. on the phone to her mum, and her mum's uh, amazing. That's my that, that one of my favourite moments. Yeah. And she's not even on screen. She's like yeah. off in the corner, and yeah. you just hear her saying, "You really are a girl placed at home." <laughs> she's not going to come and see her. She's yeah. off with a new boyfriend. Yeah, it's brilliant. But so Bob is probably my favourite character in the piece. Um, 
played by Margot Kidder. So she made. Have you seen Brian's Palmer's Sisters? Yeah, that's a good film. She made that before this. That's a really yeah. interesting film. And then she went on to Amityville Horror, Superman, um, The Hellbird. Didn't she have one of the Indiana Jones films? What's that? Colin I, I always get the yeah, They've got the same husky voice. Yeah, and hair. But she, so I love this character because she plays, she plays basically Barb as like the, the, um, the typical funny, witty sidekick who's got mm. all the good lines basically in this film. And you don't want her to, you really don't want her to die. But, she's pissed all the way through it. But she's basically pissed <laughs> the whole way through it. But what I like about it is, I think it comes down to Margot Kidder's acting. She imbues the character with a bit of sympathy because you mm. think she's a girl who's been sort of ditched by yeah. her parents at Christmas. And is this the she's one? Lonely. I'm thinking her character's coming back to me now. Is this the one that just randomly shouts off about the tail having yeah. sex? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bestest tongue in the West. That was sick. I really don't think you should provoke somebody like that, Barb. Oh, listen, this guy's minor league in the city. I get two of those a day. Maybe. But you know, that town girl was raped a couple of weeks ago. Darling, you can't rape a townie. You really are too much, Barb. Oh, come on. This is a sorority house, not a convent. You're a real gold-plated whore, mother. Could that be one person? No, Claire, that's the Mormon Tabernacle Choir doing their annual obscene phone call. Could you give me the number at the sorority house? Yeah, sure. It's, uh, fellatio 20880. Fellatio. It's a, it's a new exchange, F-E. There's a certain species of turtle that can screw for three days without stopping. You don't believe me, do you? Well, I mean, how could I make something like that up? Um, Barb, dear. Uh, I, I, I... Uh... No, really, they just three days, 24 hours a day. Can you believe that, three days? I'm lucky if I get three minutes. Do you know how I know this? Because I went down to the zoo and I watched them. It was very boring. Well, actually, um, I uh, didn't stay for the whole three days. I went over and I watched the zebras because they only take 30 seconds. <laughs> Premature ejaculation. <laughs> I didn't really get that she was drunk, but now it makes sense. Well, she never got the wine in her house. She's pissed throughout her. I didn't realise it was the same person that was drunk all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like the house drunk. Yeah. And it makes more sense because that was my favourite bit, that random segment. And of... the bit where they've got the kids around and she's got a kid sitting on an egg and a whiskey. Yeah. Because yeah, they've got the, the guy who's yeah, dressed yeah, up as Father Christmas, haven't they? Yeah. And what's he say? Ho, 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 fuck. He's <laughs> 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 yeah. clearly filled with Christmas spirits. Yeah. And where she spelled out fellatio to the class. <laughs> it's a new uh, exchange. It's a yeah. <laughs> she's a great character. And, she, and she's a great act she's a great actress actually. She does like pull off a really good yeah. character in lots of things that she's been in. I think she'd been a bit more she was a bit more experienced than a lot of the others. I think even though Olivia Hussey had had great success in sixty eight with um, Romeo and Juliet. I think Margot Kidder had been around the block a bit, so mm. she was a bit more elevated than the others. There are rumours, I don't know if they're true, but there are rumours that she was quite standoffish. 
with a lot of the cast and didn't really mix that that well with them. Um, but I yeah, I, I love the character. I think she's great and she's really the one that I don't want to die. She's the one I'm like, oh no, no, get and then she dies horribly with the what is this like it's a, a crystal glass ornament. ornament. Crystal glass ornament, yeah. the unicorn thing. I thought that I thought she was murdered with the unicorn, but I don't think she is. But it's almost implied that she's murdered with like, a glass, with a glass like unicorn. Because the, the camera pans around it and it's looking through them, isn't it? As yeah. The, yeah. the killer comes into the room. Yeah. You're gonna get stopped by an airplane, mm. actually. And being stopped by the glass unicorn is quite a great. Yeah, I'd like to wear that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect gateway to die. Stabbed with a glass unicorn. That's interesting. Oh yes, it was. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, to me, where you said that the kind of point of view shot of the killer as your strong point is also where I completely lose the thought. I knew you. I knew that would be. I knew I that's what would hate anything with point of view. That's why yeah. I can't get into the begin like the first what Fridays to point of view didn't it at the beginning. Friday thirteenth. Yeah. Yeah. First one. Second one as well. Yeah. With, yeah. And I struggle with them. Halloween. Yeah, but that's only for like segments. Hmm. It's not entirely. I don't mind it for a segment, but when like the entire thing is kind of shot from okay, one yeah. person's point of view as the killer, I just think I don't find it scary. Hmm. I I just think it's a bit. I think that that's done to keep the mystery, isn't it? So you never yeah. do find out. I know. I'm just put a mask on them. Keep <laughs> <laughs> them in the shadows. Well, you do see Billy's eye. That's yeah. That's that's, good. that's terrifying. That's the second that most terrifying bit in the film for me. There is elements that are creepy and scary, but then that I just don't find that scary. I just find it a bit annoying. Do you think a lot of your problem with it comes down to that it's a bit slow? The, the it's slower and the point of view, yeah. I think. And then I think that's why I stopped caring about the characters, yeah. because I was bored. So I slow. stopped trying to differentiate them in my head. Yeah, I think it links back to something from when I was a kid and there was an evil program. It's a bit like the one show now. It was called Nationwide, and they did this segment around... There was reports of real werewolves attacking people. I think it was a joke, but it seemed serious to me. I don't know, because at the time it seemed serious yeah. to me, and I got terrified when I was only about six or seven, and I was absolutely hysterical. Um, and lots of that segment was done with um, camera view, and I think it's just, it. it I think whenever that's used in anything, and it was used in crime watching, early crime watches mm. as well, I think it just, it really does trigger something yeah. really yeah. deep within me that about being scared. I find it creepy, yeah. Definitely. I think once or twice it's worked on me, but most of the time I just think, just, yeah. just let me see something. Because I think you can't see the attacks. That's what annoys me. You just see that kind of flailing arm with a knife mm. in the hand, but it's like, I want to see the profile, I want to see the entire... You want to see more of the... Image. Mm. Yeah. So it's got more impact to me then. Yeah. That's fair enough. It's a sadistic psychopath in you. Yeah. Or more. Or more gore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like when it's first person, like, this is just like normal ever see a first person. Yeah. Yeah. I um I could just remember this. <laughs> <laughs> I just I what I like going back to the characters as well. I, I like the way they deal with the situation that they're in as well. So you've got you've got Bob who just wants to go off and get pissed. Mm. You've got Jess who's overreacting <laughs> to everything. <laughs> Although she's gone through a bit of a tough time. She's having a she, she wants to have an abortion and all that sort of thing. 
And then, but I love the bit um, towards, it's getting towards the end when things are really starting to ramp up a little bit and they know there's a killer out there and it's it's um, Jess and Phil and they get this, the carol singers coming to the door <laughs> and they're, they're genuinely scared but they're still laughing as well and they've got like camaraderie between them and I, I like that because I think that's the way they will. It's when the safe yeah. party knocks on the door as well, doesn't it? Yeah. They're in the kitchen and then there's a bang on the window. They don't get a fright, don't they? And it's two like, creepy fellas who just want to go and pair with the girls. Yeah. Well, we wondered if you'd seen anything peculiar tonight. Well, not until you got here. Oh, well, they scared the shit out of me. I'm sorry, miss, but you do know there was a girl killed in the park tonight. Yes, we heard. Well, we're just helping the police to look for the killer. Well, we'd ask you in, you know, but our dog died last night. Oh, oh uh, well, well, we don't want a body at a time like that. Uh, we were just wondering if you noticed anything suspicious here tonight. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, well, uh, you just keep your doors and windows locked and uh, and you'll be safe. Okay. You understand? Thankfully, yeah. I will. And remember, there might be others from the search party around, so yeah. uh, don't be afraid. We'll be around oh, to see okay. that you're safe. Thank you, Just remember to lock those doors and windows yeah. out, eh? Uh, okay. Okay, yeah. then. Bye, Good night, now. <laughs> I'd rather face the killer. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, do you realize this is the only door and window in this whole house that's locked? <laughs> yeah. I was fascinated with the um, when they were chasing the call. Yeah, that's not good. I was just like, that's I was, that's, is that really real? Like, yeah, is that how they actually yeah, had to do it? Because that is crazy. Because yeah, yeah. it, it wasn't digital. Yeah. Was, was, the one, landlines weren't digital until like the end of the 80s or the 90s. I just thought it was I just couldn't believe that they could actually do that. Yeah, but you'd have to run round and look. Like, like a lunatic, yeah, run around. Right? Yes, the caller is in the house. The calls are coming from the house. Jess! Jess, get up! And don't go up there. It was really strange. Yeah. I do hate the dad. I think that was another point that completely turned me off this. I just found him really annoying and buggy from the beginning. He's a bit odd, isn't he? He is odd. He's just like a fawn inside of all the fun. Yeah. Like every time it's a bit fun, he's just like drags it back down. Yeah. I think he's meant to be, isn't he? He's meant to be sort of conservative, straight laced dad, mm. but he, he always. He's always played a bit too straight laced, yeah. so he's always. He's not. Terribly interesting. He was right to be concerned, though. His he was right. He was his daughter. <laughs> his daughter yeah, was dead. And he, and, yeah, he didn't, just, he, didn't just, <laughs> he didn't just go, oh, well, she's not here, I'll go home. <laughs> but he, I think he was quite determined. Is comedy more? Is he going to do it? Because I think they kind of missed the beats of comedy with him. He could have had him more shocked by like the things that he found. Because yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't react. react. He doesn't yeah. react to the turtle having sex instance at all. Because he, like, the things, he, just he pulls of, the door open, doesn't he? He looks at the poster and just... Poses again. Yeah. <laughs> he should have reacted to that. And then that would have made his character have a point, whereas yeah. it was just like sucking the fun out of everything. And then the history of worst cops in the world. And that man. He's just annoying. I love that scene though where John Saxon's character <laughs> they're all the guy, they're just realised that he's a dickhead <laughs> and they just laugh their heads off. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. yeah. I've got it. It's something rude. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Anything with John Saxon gets my vote. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love total, John Saxon. My total daddy crush. And it nearly wasn't John Saxon, was it? Yeah. Because actually, it was another. They started filming with another actor, but yeah. it didn't work out because he wasn't 
He wasn't well. Yeah, he, he had outside. Sydney. He wasn't John Saxon. And they really, really. Um, he wasn't John Saxon. He wasn't John Saxon. <laughs> John Saxon was like a last minute. That's probably why he doesn't remember Tanner Bright because he's in that many films. He's just like, yeah, I'll turn up in the last yeah. minute. Yeah. Maybe he's yeah. the last minute replacement for everything. <laughs> 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 he was almost the Lindsay Gray role in Hollywood, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but she did that fly sportsman. Um, interesting, yeah. Uh, there's some amazing lines. I love the bit where Claire says, um, you know, about that town girl that got raped a couple of weeks back. And Bob says, darling, you can't rape a townie. <laughs> <laughs> and the bit about the Mormon tabernacle climate. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I can all see them gathering around somewhere in Utah. Like, come on. Where's the baby? <laughs> what your mother and I must know is. Um, so the scariest moment in the film for me, and every time I watch it, I do make big bots tense up. Is the bit with the hand coming through the railings and grabbing Jess's hair. Mm. It just it just freaks me out every time. The eye freaks me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's creepy. And then that, then the hand grabbing it, and then the ending. I love the ending. So scary, because uh, and I, what I like about the ending is that they they just thought. We're not giving you a happy ending. We're not mm. giving you a resolve at all. And it's left up to you to decide whether Jess lives or dies or not. Yeah. And we, and we don't know who the killer is. Yeah. No. It's a nice little That's yeah. one of the strengths. I think that is one of the strengths that it is left. You know, you don't know who it is. So many films nowadays, especially nowadays, where you've got to be spoon fed everyone because people are fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you were looking at me then. <laughs> no, the, the, that is the way though, isn't it? The, yeah, it is. it's been dumbed down. Everything's been so dumbed mm. down. Have you seen the remake of this? No, I don't refuse no. to watch it because I just knew it was going to be bad. Lacey Chabert is in it, though. Yeah. Lacey Chabert. Oh, I love Lacey Chabert. Yeah. And um, there's someone else. Michelle Trachtenberg is in it. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and Andrea Martin is in it as the house. Is it really dumb then? It's really crap. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what though? It's really, it's like a really crap slash movie with loads mm. of over the top gore in it. Mm. There's, so it's there's fun to you could watch it. Maybe watch it next year. <laughs> Maybe that'll be yeah. Shit Christmas remake. If I don't like the original, I'm not gonna go on my way to watch the remake yeah. because it's not gonna get better. No, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. But yeah, I love this film. I think it's a subversive slasher movie. I think it's got a bit of a punk element to it as well. I think it just it just sort of goes against the rules. That said, though, I think the rules hadn't really been set that much mm. then. I think it was the slasher genre was mm. still kind of finding itself, and that's why we have a film mm. like Black Christmas, which is a bit off the wall, a bit alternative. And the director's like a mad comedy director as well, isn't he? So I think he has a twisted sense of humour. He went on to direct Porky's. Yeah. And A Christmas Story, which is another famous Christmas film. That Whenever you're in America over Christmas, it's on every channel. <laughs> Christmas story. It's a, Christmas it's a strange little film, but it's a little, a funny little boy who's trying to get some sort of toy for it. It's weird. It's weird. Off the wall humour. They tried to, um, they asked for the film release to be delayed, didn't they, when it was released because there'd been, there'd actually been a murder in a sorority house in Miami. When it was been a be on yeah. TV. Yeah. Oh, was it when it was on TV? I yeah, it was it, the cinema release. No, it was not like television premiere in January nineteen seventy eight. So right. it was going to be on. Yeah, it was going to be on TV. So two girls were murdered, weren't they, in a sorority house break-in, and two others were attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turned out it was the same after the event. It turned out it was one of 
and Ted Bundy. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, Ted Bundy. Yeah. Wow. You, you, well, do you know what? If this was four, if that was four years after this film came out, you could argue that Ted Bundy could have been inspired by the film. That's why I thought it was the cinema release rather than a TV release. Let me have a look. Um, it says, well, this, well, I got this off. Um, I think IMDb, so it might not be true, but. This has a network television premiere on Saturday night, January the 28th, 1978. Oh, yeah, it was the television release. So, yeah, maybe he had been. Maybe he had been influenced by it. Interesting. What I thought was interesting as well was the BBFC, when it was coming out of here, they cut the word cunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No waste. No. It's like the best though. You can be best. No. You can be stabbed, but you can't be called a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do think, um, compared to the other films, we're going to discuss this at the least Christmassy. Like, it's not that Christmassy. Mm. Like, it's a horror film set at Christmas, whereas the other two that we're going to discuss later on are oh, Christmas horror films. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, it's still Christmas. Yeah, it's like Die Hard. People say Die Hard's a Christmas film, and it's, it's not really. It's, it's a set, set at Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Well, you could really. say that about Gremlins, then, couldn't you? Yeah. Which is, yeah. That is considered a big Christmas film, maybe. Mm. Free, but they're just set there, aren't they? We've started an argument now. Who <laughs> <laughs> could have been yeah. arguing about what's a Christmas film? Oh, God. What I thought was really funny was that um, Bob Clark said that Olivia Hussey took the role. She made the decision based on advice given to her by her psychic. Yeah, that's <laughs> the best reason to do it. Surely. And she also, Margot Kidder, says that um, throughout filming, Olivia, if you listen to this, you could, you could clear this up and mm-hmm. tell us whether it's true or not. She says that Olivia was actually obsessed with meeting and dating Paul McCartney because his psychic told her to do it. The psychic said they were meant to be together. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, Miss <laughs> spent a lot of her younger years following what her psychic told her to do, which I think was probably quite common back then, actually. Well, coming out of the 60s and all of that, I'm sure it was. I'm not going to know psychics to tell me what to do because then I could just blame them. That's very true. I was psyched for me today. That probably, that probably won't hold up in court. <laughs> yeah. But just to let you know the impact this film's made on me and my circle of friends, um, whenever anybody comes into my house now, the people who are no closely, who don't knock, they just let themselves in. <laughs> and three other friends as well. Every time they come to the house, they go, Hello! <laughs> Mimicking the famous delivery of Olivia Hussey on the phone. Hello? 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 Pardon? Who? So I love I I love this movie. Yeah. I think um it's a Christmas it's a regular Christmas watch. Yeah, I mean. I I'll, I'll usually stick this on around Christmas. Yeah. I I'd probably I would have watched it anyway if uh, even if we were doing it for this. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch it anyway. You don't, but you, I don't hate it. I'm not like yeah. I think it was a bit mean. Men I was talking about it on our chat. <laughs> I think, but I don't. I don't hate it. I think it's a good film. I think there's a lot to it, but it just doesn't live up to what they want it to be. Mm. Oh, sometimes films just don't click. Mm. Oh, you do. Yeah, they it doesn't know. mean that you hate them. It doesn't mean they're a bad film. Yeah. You just don't click. No, that's the pace. Yeah. The pace is definitely slow. It is. It's paced more like a, like a uh, you know police drama or something. Is it almost rather yeah. than the slasher that we know nowadays? Almost jello like. Yeah, yeah. I think it's something I'm glad I've seen. Whereas, you know, it's good to have had a new collection where yeah. there's a, like, when you see a bad film, it's like, 
I can't believe I put myself through that. Mm. Yeah. Whereas I did the worst stuff I took from it. So it's not all that. No. No. But um, yeah, I'll look forward to watching this probably Christmas Eve maybe. That's my that's usually my night to watch it. And I love uh, I love the choral version of Silent Night that gets played at the beginning and the end. Oh, yeah. Really creepy. So there you have it. So Black Christmas is off the first of our Christmas specials. On the next episode of the podcast, we're going to be discussing Silent Night, Deadly Night and Campus. But we hope you enjoyed that one and tune in for the next one. Billy.